Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Speak Geek, your favorite place for video games, movies, TV shows, wrestling, and other pop culture news. Sorry for being a week late. Uh, I forgot why we couldn't record last week. Uh, I think you why had a, we record last I think week? you had a headache, and then I had some things going on. But uh, I think, but who cares? It's good to be back. What's cracking, y'all? Yeah. What's up, man? It's good to be back. I feel like absence Oof. makes the heart grow fonder. So the longer we stay apart, the more you guys want us, and we really there want you, you to want us. And uh, I want to apologize if you guys can hear some random ass banging and pounding. It's my upstairs neighbors being fucking loud as they always are. So um, hopefully it's not audible. I really hope so. It's uh, it's just loud enough to bug the shit out of me, but not loud enough, I think, to be picked up by the mic. It's like it's like someone sitting next to you poking you in the face every five seconds. Well, if it makes you feel any better, homie, I can't hear it, so I think we're going to be good to good. go. Good. Uh, let's jump into this. Uh, okay, I, r- I really want to start this off. I know no one else gives a shit, but I really want to start this off by giving a shout-out to my Buffalo Bills because as someone who's been a Bills fan pretty much their entire life... It's been a long while since we've had a good Buffalo Bills team, and I mean, long time. Those of you that, those of you that watch the NFL, I mean, thirteen and three this year, made it all the way to the AFC Championship, lost, you know. But I'm not even upset about that. I mean, such a good season, and you know, it's funny. All I'm seeing now are people going, "Yeah, I'm always a Bills fan. I'm always a Bills fan." Get the fuck off my bandwagon. No, you weren't, because I had to put up with like. 25 years of being shit on for being a Bills fan. So yeah, everyone but, can but, lick my nuts. But this is something I was saying about the other day, too. Man, fuck people saying, oh, you're a bandwagoner fan. Who gives a shit, man? If they're willing to spend money and be there, then they're willing to be there, man. Like, if they're a fan now, they're a fan now. What I can't stand is people who are Raider fan or Niners fans the whole season, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're Packers fans. No, you're not. You're yes. a Niners fan. You're not a Packers fan <laughs> because it's bullshit. But, like, I grew up a Niners fan, and I jumped over to my uh, Philadelphia Eagles pretty late in life, but I bleed green now. Fly, Eagles, fly, baby. But I'm just saying, you can't be too mad about it if someone's a bandwagoner now. But you have been a fan since, like, fucking day one because I've seen your jersey collection and that weird Buffalo Bill tattoo you have on your left ass cheek. So, like, I know that you've been holding it down <laughs> for a long time. You know, I should specify, I don't give a shit if you're a bandwagon fan. What I give a shit, what I give a shit about is when, like, look at Patriots fans this season. You hear mm-hmm. anything from Patriot fans at all? Well, no. Because they're Patriots no. fans. They fucking what suck. I, what I care about is when you suddenly jump on the bandwagon and you suddenly just start talking shit. Because it's easy to. It's oh, yeah. easy to talk shit when your team is good for, you know, what, 15 years. Yep. It, it's I, you know, I don't know why it bugs me so much, but like like I said about Patriots fans, no one was a Patriot fan before 2001. There were like four Patriot fans. Yeah. Well, like no one was a Warriors you know, I, fan before I knew before like Curry. one of them. Yeah, exactly. No, no one was a Seahawks fan before fucking Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and they started going to the Super Bowls. And now all you hear is eighth man, eighth man and all that shit. And, you know, it's because they're good now. That's fine. But don't talk shit when you when you've been a fan for two weeks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I agree with you. Get off Tony's dick yeah, about so it, guys. I would say in the NFL, there's only three fan bases that I think are legit, lifelong, loyal, and it's the Bills, the fucking Eagles, and the Raiders. Those yeah. three, I would never talk shit to because I know those fans are fans That's basically true. since birth. 
Yeah, there's and out in the Bay Area, out here, man, there are a lot of new Niners fans, like and Warriors fans all the time. Like I remember, I'm the, I don't follow basketball, so I can't I can't pretend to be a fan of anything. But I do remember, right. like growing up, people would wear Warriors jerseys here, but it was very rare. Like you just didn't see yeah. them, and now. During basketball season, you go to Safeway and every single middle-aged housewife in pumps is rocking a Steph Curry jersey or a Draymond Green yep. jersey. And I'm just like, I, this it's just insane Like how these people have lived here for 25 years and gave two shits about basketball until now. And it's just, I wonder it's why. Funny. It's when funny. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, if you were from California, your team was the Lakers. Yep. Just because like that's, you know, it was it was the Showtime Lakers. And then when I was in college, if you lived in California, your teams were the Lakers or the Kings. That's right. Oh, with Mike Bibby. That's right. Yeah. Bibby and Bobby. You remember that? Yep. <laughs> Bibby, Bobby, Chris Webber. I did. That's, um, that's a long time ago. Yeah. And then that went away. And now everybody's a everybody's a Warriors fan. It's, I don't know. As long as people, it is what it is. Yeah. Let them have it. But hey, man, I it's, do it's, agree. It's weird because when when uh when I was in Oklahoma, it's just you can see you know like the OSU and Oklahoma yeah. fans. I mean, you just know they've been there for like generations. Genera- like their trailer's been passed down from generation with fandom. Correct. What it's were you gonna say? Funny. No, I was gonna say, man, I do agree with you though, man. The Bills had a hell of a season, dude. You guys got a great quarterback so in the future with Josh Allen, man. He's a beast. There was a play where I thought in half of the Twitterverse thought that he had broke his knee. I was like, Oh my god, he's yes. dead. And he bounced up out of that and dude, it was it was bananas. All the respect to fucking Josh Allen and the Bills, man. Um, best of luck to you guys next season, I guess, man. But again, you guys earned it. Fucking enjoy it, man. I think we're in for just like in the nineties when the Bills were going to Super Bowls every year. Every every fall it was basically it came down to Buffalo and Miami. It was Marino and Kelly, Marino and Kelly. Yep. I think we're gonna have the same kind of relationship with Patrick Mahomes. I think basically if the Bills continue to be good, it's gonna be, you know, Allen and Mahomes, Allen Mahomes. True. And I'm okay with that. That that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think this Super, Bowl, no, this Super Bowl is going to be kind of, you know, like the past versus the future is how I look at it with Brady and Mahomes. God, I don't know what I'm going to do if Brady wins another ring. I, if I again, I if Brady wins a ring now, Brady gets respect because he got out of that. He came to a whole new division, a whole new team, and he's a he's a one whole game new away. Coaching style. Right. I mean, he's one game away from winning the Super Bowl in an entirely new division. I mean, has another quarterback done that? No, exactly. That's that's what I was going to say. If he wins this Super Bowl, as much as I don't like the guy, I have to start respecting him because I can't just blame it on Belichick and, you know, he's just comfortable in the system and blah, blah, blah. If he does it, I have to at least back off a little Dude, bit. Absolutely. I think Kurt Warner was the last one to, to do it. He didn't win either. So, Well, that's where it's like, I mean, if you think about it, I think Brady has basically had three Hall of Fame careers if you look at what he's doing. And, man, I'm not— In one, yeah. Yeah, in one person. So I'm not I'm not upset, man. I, let him do his thing. Maybe he goes out gracefully. But, I mean, Gruden left the Raiders, went to Tampa Bay, and then won a Super Bowl. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. What was that last part? Gruden, when he left Oakland and then went to Tampa Bay and won the Super Bowl as head coach. Oh, yeah, in 2002. Man, yep. I loved that fucking Gruden Bucks team. Yeah. That team was just, my God, so good. It was, man. And again, fuck Tom Brady. It was like the shittiest offense ever, but it was so it good. It was, dude. And fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> fuck 
Tom Brady in all of them too. I don't care. Tom Brady uh, can go to Ra- he can win as many Super Bowls as he wants. He still lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and that's all that matters. Correct. To me. I don't you know care. how happy I, I know how happy you were. Oh my god! As someone who wasn't a fan of either, I was fucking cheering. <laughs> Dude, I, I I I took my shirt off. I ran out in the street. I threw a rake. I had my championship belt. I was crying. Oh, I was, and it was my birthday, which was which was crazy. So it was it was the greatest birthday ever man it was just it was a magical season and a great time so fuck tom brady yeah, it was but good revenge for that other super bowl they lost uh, it, when you guys had McNabb. it was man so fuck him um and but if he wins respect to him but also i like andy reed so i want andy reed to go out there and get another super bowl win because of i yeah, mean exactly andy, philadelphia exactly. wouldn't have been the team it was without andy reed so man either way it should be a good super bowl uh i'm excited for it man so go bills and all that jazz yeah, I subscribed to CBS All Access for uh, a month just to just to watch it. Nice. So, so anyways, let's move on. Our, our first big piece of news, and um, I'm glad this is this is the earlier part of the year and not the latter half of the yeah, year. Yeah, me too. Is that the Snyder Cut is finally getting a fucking release date, March 18th. It'll release on you know HBO Max. It's apparently they're not doing the whole four part thing anymore. Do you remember reading about that? I do remember reading about that. There's going to be four yeah. one-hour parts. Yeah, so apparently they're they're reneging on that, and it's just going to be... It's, it's being marketed now as just a long-ass four-hour movie. I don't know what's going on there, but there were a bunch of articles about it like two weeks ago. They were like, hey, what's going on? The Justice League was being promoted as you know a four-part mm-hmm. miniseries, and now it's... Well, I don't know. I just well, thought I would bring that up. Maybe, I'm excited that that's only in like two months. It Less is, than dude. Two months. Less than two months, which is super exciting, which means that, I mean, clearly this is falling in the lineup and with the other releases that are going to be falling out behind HBO Max, which yeah. I think, which is cool, man, because it shows HBO Max is doing, they're, they're having power is what it looks like. And yeah. like they're. This is they're, four years in the making for me. Yes. And they're, they're lining up their, their spring release dates, which is going to be sick. Dude, I can't wait. I hope that we're not overhyping this, which I think I talked to you about the other day. I was like, yeah, I feel we like are. We're overhyping this so much. But, yeah, but, 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 um, it's well deserved. I mean, Zack Snyder put his heart and soul into this. Um, he had the tragedy, he had the family tragedy while making yeah. it, which he had to leave too. And I think it's good that he's able to come back and finish it. I just hope that yeah. um, that it's what everybody says it is. There's this long campaign to get it released, so you know they're finally doing it. So let's see what happens. I'm hoping this is a good way for them to restart the Justice League franchise to restart all of that stuff to uh to wash the bad taste of Wonder Woman 84 and all that shit out of our mouths yeah. and and relaunch you know the Justice League and relaunch these characters because we got Flashpoint coming up pretty soon or, or the Flash movie coming up we've got um Wonder Woman 84 just dropped uh I mean DC needs to do something we've got the Batman stuff coming up yeah so. we got Aquaman 2 in the That's pipeline it. Shazam yeah. 2 in Aquaman the pipeline right. Suicide so, Squad so all of this stuff should be good and I'm curious to see where this is gonna go we know the story we know how this thing ends but I, I'm hoping that it's good I, I really am and I'm excited I'm excited I'm excited I'm excited I am too. I'm so excited, and realistically, I think it's only going to be marginally better than the Whedon cut. Yes, but even if it is just marginally better, that's still a win for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Because the Whedon cut was just hot shit. I I geeked out so hard for the Whedon cut, and I saw it twice in the theaters, and I'm still able to say, yeah, that movie fucking sucked. The only reason why I liked it is just because I'm getting to see a live action cyborg in Aquaman. 
and Flash. That's it. Right. Well, I went into it expecting more Cyborg, and there just wasn't. And that kind of upset me. And I felt like, and again, I, same and thing with you. Why. I was super hyped about Justice League, and I was on Justice League's dick after I saw it, too. I was like, man, you, y'all got to take a step back and just appreciate the movie. But then the more it sat there, the more... Uh, the more I was like, oh, God, that movie sucked, which was the exact opposite for Star Wars Episode Eight. The first time I saw it, I was like, God, the movie was hot garbage. But the longer I saw it, I was like, oh, it's a good movie. Um, so, <laughs> so like, that's what I'm kind of hoping, man. I mean, Zack Snyder makes good movies, but he also makes dog shit movies. So, you know, yep. I'm not holding out my breath because at the end of this, we're just getting a revamped Justice League that we've already seen. It doesn't mean this is not launching a new Batman series for Ben Affleck. We, we've already seen the Wonder Woman follow-up, supposedly. You know what I mean? So, like, we've already seen it. We already know what's going on. So let's just hope for the best. Uh, I think I'm just super-duper thankful that this is going to be part of HBO Max and that I don't have to pay extra for it. Yeah, that is true. Oh, wait, quick down here, too. HBO Max, you fucking suck because you need to start telling people, first of all, that these movies are going to only be on there for 30 days, number one. Number two, when you yeah. said you were going to have a 4K UHDR Dolby Vision catalog, you didn't specify it was only going to be the new releases for the 30 days that are available. It's dog shit, and I'm not happy about that. It is. Yeah, it is. And, and like I said on the last episode, I mean, half this stuff already had 4K Masters yep. to begin with, like Titans and Doom Patrol and all that. There's absolutely no reason why they're, they they don't have it here. Right. But, dude, so, man. I, I don't understand. So so do you think, do you think in this Justice League that we're going to get any kind of insight to anything involving, like, <coughs> the upcoming Flash movie, uh, any of that kind of stuff? Or do you think it's just going to be <coughs> more of more of everything that Snyder shot, and it is going to be just, like, <coughs> a retelling of that movie? Uh, I don't think so, because it looks like the direction they're going with the Flash movie and, uh, you know, like, the Batman and all these movies moving forward, looks like they're, they're veering dramatically away from the DCEU that was in place when Snyder made Justice League. Right. I think this is just the way to bookend Snyder's time, you know, being responsible for the DCEU. Um, there might be some hints in, uh, you know, once the Flash movie comes out, there might be some hints looking back like, oh, when you showed up to warn Ben Affleck in the nightmare scene and all that, those might have like a little bit to do with the new Flash movie. But I think this is just the way to officially end Snyder's time with DC. See, that, that, that's what I'm thinking, too. Like, it's just his way to be like, yo, man, these are your characters. You started these. Go ahead and finish this off. Kind of, here's your swan song with DC. Exactly. Cool. Okay, I'm exactly. glad we're on the same page, then, because, I mean, that that's kind of how my expectations have been going into this. So, yeah, I, I, it's to me, it's, it's definitely, I, I definitely don't think it's going to introduce any new concepts moving forward. Right. It, this isn't, this isn't like the Avengers, like I was kind of hoping this would have been when it launched. It's turning more into a, uh, of a quote unquote, uh, end game, you know, like the final just wrapping up of everything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, that's exactly what I think it is. I think it just ends Snyder's time, and we'll, we'll just have to move on. I mean, after all this time, DC is still trying to find their footing. I thought they had found it with Aquaman and Shazam and Wonder Woman. Right. They kind of fell into a groove there where they were just releasing good movies. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Bird of Prey, I, Birds of Prey I liked, but no one else did, and that was their big stumble. Whoa, and then people- all of a sudden, this shit with... I can't believe mm-hmm. people didn't like Birds of Prey, man. Because I know it was so much fun. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's funny because if you look, I mean, that's just, it upsets me, and I think it has to do because it was a female cast. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Ewan McGregor as Black Mask was hands down 
one of the best villain people I have seen in a DC movie. Like, he was fucking fantastic. He was so good. I was laughing my ass off with that one line where he goes, hey, do as you're told. Right. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I was like, to, dude, just the way he delivered that line was awesome. Hey, do as you're told. <laughs> dude, and to this day, I still can't call someone a fucking moron without saying it the way he does. Because he's like, oh, yeah, because you're a fucking <laughs> moron. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he said that, and I was like, to give him an Oscar for those two words. Fucking <sighs> moron. Dude, it was such a good movie. And, and that's, that's where, oh, see, even your dog likes it. Well, it's because someone knocked on my door. You keep talking. I oh. can still hear it. I'm going to yeah. check this out. No, but what I was going to say was, like, Suicide Cell was great, and I think that DC, when they had when they had Aquaman, and when they had... See? We agree. And that's what I like. I like the fact that more than just uh, humans agree. You know what I'm saying? I like the fact that more than just humans agree. Dude, shut up! No, I was just saying... Take your time. My neighbor. He, he just needs something. Uh, I was actually me, me and your dog were actually having a conversation. It was pretty good, very insightful. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even gonna edit this part out. <laughs> For those of you listening, my neighbor needs some cooking oil, and I'm about to get your neighbor. Perhaps you can lower the volume of the dog barking because I'm loud. Yeah, I wish I could, but I can't. Oh. Oh. Have you ever seen? So, have you ever those seen? Those of you in New Zealand and Germany, you heard me being a good neighbor. <laughs> have you? Uh, have you ever seen Pop Star with Andy Samberg? Uh, never stop, never giving up. Yeah, never stop stopping. Or never stop. Well, I don't know what I thought what I was saying, but yeah, never stop stop whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, I've scrolled past it many a time though, and thought it's. I need to watch this. It's funny, man. I like it. I, I own it. And I was watching it the other day, and there's a part where um he's on camera. He's like, put the cameras down. So they were just voice recording. By the voice recording, he gets attacked by this giant bee, and he gets a flamethrower, but they don't see anything. It's all just like you can hear it. And all of a sudden, like, did you get that on film? And they're like, you told us to stop recording. I'm like, son of a bitch. I was going to say, what you should do is just edit out all the dog stuff that we just had and then just say during this time you were attacked by giant bees and had to use your flamethrower. And then no one will know the wiser. It'll be fantastic. But I've already spoiled if it now. only I was able to edit like that. <laughs> we'll just cut. We'll put, we'll put an ad break. Dude. My, <laughs> my skills come down to just cutting out like farts and stuff. <laughs> hey, man. That's about it. I want our fans to know that I am against that. I am a 100% fart proponent on podcast so if you gotta let it go man let it go you're pro fart pro <laughs> fart um dude but what i um yeah dude so i don't know I, i'm looking forward to what's going on with justice league like i was saying i loved uh birds of prey and i think that dc is their best when they're just kind of standing alone and telling these enclosed small scale stories when they get into these yeah. massive big world stories they they lose they lose everything. The Avengers, Marvel, they managed to do it because of the worlds and the characters they've built because they feel larger than life. DC characters, to me, well, feel... And they spent four years doing it. Right. But but even, even before that, I still felt very grounded watching Iron Man 1. I still felt... I didn't feel like I was watching... Like, I, I, not grounded. I feel like these characters are larger than life because of the way they're portrayed. So, like, you know, you're looking at these Iron Man movies. You're looking at uh, Captain America. You're looking at Thor... You're looking at these larger-than-life characters in these larger-than-life worlds because they invested time to build them. When you look at DC, I feel like DC spent their time trying to be more grounded when you look at the Nolan series and you look at um, the other stuff that DC did. So when they're 
telling these small contained stories of birds of prey or Aquaman, which was a huge scope, but not so not so big. Or they're telling um, like Wonder Woman. These things don't have these grand scales where they're lifting cities and killing billions of people. They're small-scale stories. And then when you get into these Justice Leagues, they can't pull it together. They're either over the top, so big, they don't know where the fuck they're going, or they're just these small self-contained stories. And if they told more stories like Shazam, like Birds of Prey, like Aquaman, they're going to do way better. And Marvel yeah. can't do that because if you look at Thor Dark World, you look at Thor, you look at um, fucking I – did, I didn't like Captain Marvel. You look at these certain movies in Marvel where they're the small scale, they suck. Thor Ragnarok, best Thor movie. Fantastic. So it's just they're, – they're two completely different companies that are great at telling stories in different ways. That's why DC movies are work great on TV. That's why The Flash and Arrow work because they're small contained stories spread out over time. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to All right, let's move it. on to the next thing, which <laughs> I never saw coming. Um, I don't know what the hell happened here, but I guess it makes sense because uh, the WWE's always had a relationship with NBC with, you know, Man. Saturday Night Main Event. And Yo, I'm happy stuff, about so. this. I'm really happy about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the WWE Network is going to be rolled into Peacock. Now, I did not read this article, so you need to kind of fill me in on this. Does this mean WWE Network as a standalone is going away? Yes, because this is what they're doing with Discovery. Uh, now with Discovery with uh, CBS All Access is going away as well. Yeah, it's being rolled into Paramount Plus, right? Or and that other way, yeah. Paramount, yeah, Paramount Plus is going to be the new streaming service, and they're just kind of combining into one because right now the streaming market is completely oversaturated. I've been a WWE fan since Agreed. since fucking Bret Hart, since you know fucking the early 90s man I've been watching wrestling Mm -hmm. and I cancelled my subscription because I don't give a shit enough about WWE to watch it anymore like it's in to pay the extra money so this is going to be great for them because how many people are going to be going on there to watch This Is Us or The Office and be like oh shit look The Rock and they're going to start watching wrestling then they're going to start investing longer into it and vice versa how many wrestling fans out there will see uh, Reno 911 and start watching it or something you know (laughs) So how are they going to do uh, pay-per-views? I assume it's just going to be a standalone purchase <coughs> nope, via they, Peacock? Nope, they're all included. Oh, just uh, oh, okay, so literally exactly how WWE Network going to be the exact same. Um, and then starting in 2022, they're going to start releasing their own, like it's like a documentary once a year on the Peacock Network. So it's going to include... Oh, so kind of like the WWE 24 stuff that's on right now? Yep. Um, and it's gonna be, and it's gonna be all their library. It literally is just going to be NBC just sucking over um, WWE Network, which is great because it's included with the five bucks a month. So if you already got Peacock or you're paying, yeah, that's the big thing. It's not increasing in price, right. which is kind of, which is kind of a huge deal. Which is which is crazy because. You know, again, while WWE, I'm not really invested in it, and I'm way more. You keep in, talking, I gotta pee. Yeah, also, <laughs> I'm way more into AEW and stuff like that now. Anyways, but um, I think that with this right here, it's going to draw more attention to WWE because now that I'm not paying for the network, I don't watch any of the shit they have on there. I don't watch any of the 24, the Untold. I don't, I don't really care about that, and I've missed the last couple pay per views because they haven't been interesting enough for me. But I think with this going on to Peacock, it might actually. Uh, be worth the money. It's right now I don't use Peacock for much of anything. Yeah, we just got to edit this out. 
All right, sorry about that, folks. That's what four cups of coffee in the morning will do to you. That is true. So, um, on the topic of Peacock, I um, I subscribe to it, or you know, the free one. Obviously, I'm not paying another fucking five bucks, even mm-hmm. if it is just five bucks. I subscribed to it when it first launched because I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch Parks and Rec. But then I realized Parks and Rec was on Netflix, so I was like, okay, there's no reason for me to have this. Yep. I basically use Peacock up to this point. I use it as my Save by the Bell device or app. That's it. That's the only thing I watch on there. <laughs> I don't even watch Save by the Bell much. And I'm not talking about the new one. That's absolute horseshit, by the way. We're talking about the old 90s one with the neon and, you know, the bad dream sequences and all that. So that's all I use Peacock for. As far as WWE Network being rolled into it, you know, I'm like you. I, I can't, you know, I'll pop it on every now and then just to see what's going on and it's just it's not great no. i would only ever use it to watch old pay-per-views like like if i'm in the mood i'll watch triple h cactus jack from royal rumble 2000 there you go but that's Which, it. by the way is still one of the bloodiest fucking matches i've ever seen oh, out of God. any even including like ecw oh i know that thing was brutal man that's where you, that's where you gotta Dude. give triple h his props for what he was doing that was a manly blade job he did yeah. <laughs> you know people give triple h shit for being slow and methodical and probably the most boring wrestler of all time but dude man he put his body out there and you know he wrestled fucking he's the cerebral yeah, assassin he wrestled just a couple weeks ago on raw man i mean he's he's legit dude he knows what he's doing. He's still going, huh? WWE will become better. It will get better. I have hopes for them. They're they're quote unquote too big to fail. So I think that with AEW creeping up on them, I think with Triple H uh, getting more into the role of writing and taking over with Paul Heyman back there, I think we're going to start seeing changes for them. And I'm excited because, like we said, Triple H is a fucking beast. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to do this. So yeah, let him does. fucking do it. I mean, just look at what he did with NXT. He he managed to build what was essentially their developmental territory right. into a fucking worldwide global third brand. Yep. So in what two years? Uh, yeah, I think two, so. Three years, something like that. When is when is WrestleMania this year? This year? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm sure April sometime. It's still going to be on Raymond James, I believe. Yeah. Probably going to be similar to what it was last year. Because WrestleMania 37, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so April 10th, because I'm looking here, and it looks like that the WWE uh, Network on Peacock, their first pay-per-view event is going to be, um, uh, what the fuck is it? Oh, Fastlane, which is March 21st, which is their go-home pay-per-view before WrestleMania. So, this WrestleMania coming up, WrestleMania 37... Is going to be free for every single person who has the Peacock Network. So what's their? I'm trying to think. What's their February pay per view? You have Royal Rumble in January. I always thought Fastlane was in February, but it's in March. Uh, is, is it uh, Elimination payback. Chamber? Is it payback. No, Payback's after WrestleMania. Oh yeah, Elimination Chamber. I think it's eliminated, but then they don't even they don't even market that as like a real pay per view. That, yeah. That's always like the past couple of years. It's been like a network thing that's only like an hour long. Because I remember growing up, it was January Royal Rumble, yeah. February No Way Out, March WrestleMania. Let me see what it is. That's always what I remember. Uh, it is Elimination Chamber, February twenty first. Oh well, there you go. So, okay. I was just curious because you said Fastlane March. I was like, but, but, but wait a minute. Yeah. Well, no. Then the reason I'm saying this is because 
I haven't been excited. And WWE's ratings have been dropping off, and they've been doing this kind of stuff. So I was just yeah. kind of looking at this article again, which leads me to believe that this WrestleMania might. I don't know, man. I, I might actually get invested back in WWE coming up because they're giving us the go-home show, the go-home pay-per-view for free on Fastlane, and then they're giving everybody WrestleMania April, which would be three weeks after Fastlane. So, dude, I don't know. That's kind of – it's really weird for them well, to Well, they do have it. a lot more writing on this WrestleMania as well because since they're on Peacock now, they're – I mean, we're talking – a significantly larger audience than they have just through pay-per-view buys and the network on its own. I right. mean, we're talking, you know, we're talking your regular n- casual never watch wrestling fans that are going to at least see some sort of that, I don't know, that, some sort of advertising, some sort of splash screen when they log on to Peacock, you know, for WrestleMania. Well, so they're they're going to have a huge reach this time around. Well, that's what I'm saying. So like I'm just kind of I'm sitting here thinking like, man, I wonder what they're going to do. And then I'm really hope then I'm starting to think like, oh man, this is actually going to be crazy for them next year because imagine, you know, WrestleMania 38 when fans are back in stadiums, people got vaccines, the world's kind of moving again. We'll be there. Yeah, well fuck yeah, we will. And then, you know, this I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm getting excited about this again my voice is getting high i'm just oh i'm getting excited okay anyway sorry about that i was just doing time inside my head let's move on where are we going let's move on so it was announced a couple days ago that uh, hbo max will be doing a live action harry potter series boo who saw that coming nobody and uh, it should be the same amount of people who actually want that so okay so here's the thing um do you follow ign yeah a little bit yeah okay yes so in like 2004 or 2005, I don't remember, they started doing this thing every April Fool's Day where they would release like a fake trailer for something. Yes. Like a really well-made one. Um, I remember they did a fake trailer for a live-action Legend of Zelda show and so on and so forth. Now, the only one I ever fell for, because most of the time you look at these trailers and you're like, well, this is pretty obviously for April Fool's. The only time I fell for one was because A, I forgot it was April Fool's Day. And B, it was such a well-made trailer for a live-action, Law and Order-styled adult Harry Potter show about the Aurors. Wait, what? And it was a dope-ass trailer. <laughs> really? And I seriously thought it was going to be a thing. That's weird. See, I'm I'm kind of uh, I uh I love the Harry Potter books. I I love the Harry Potter movies. I I am kind of over J.K. Rowling. I am over this wizarding world. Yeah, anybody with a conscience, I think, is. Right. Stuff right now. And I am I'm getting tired. And again, could just be me. But I'm getting very tired where we're at the point that we're just continuously drawing out the same shit. HBO already has a new Game of Thrones show coming out. Game of Thrones House of yeah. Dragon. So... All right, so instead of getting anything new, they're bringing something back that's extremely familiar to millions of people, hoping to draw on the same viewers to give them something slightly that's different. It's been pop culture for years now, dipping it, into the well. It, it has, and it's it's very frustrating. So with this right here, cool, man. Like, uh, I'll check it out, but what are we talking here? Are we talking we're rebooting Harry Potter already, and we're just going to tell the same stories slower? Is J.K. Rowling writing new stories? Because... The last movie that she did, The Crimes of Grindelwald, was a convoluted just whatever. And this is when she's a screenwriter. This is what you're seeing. So why are we doing this? Is there anything else that she can do or any other things that we could tap into? 
No, I don't. I don't think it's that. Um, I, I mean, obviously, there's virtually zero information on the series right now. But it looks like it's either going to be, it's uh, what does it say right here? Oh, so it doesn't even say anything. I think the general consensus, if you know, being a fanboy fan girl is to come into play here. It's going to be the story of the Harry Potter universe prior to Harry and Ron yeah. and all of them. So it's going to be like a young James Potter, a young Sirius Black, or you know. Something that happens afterwards. Which, which again? I don't know. Are you excited for the Hogwarts Legacy game? Yes and no. Okay. Um, Explain. Yes, I am because, dude, uh, an an RPG game like that, I think it's going to be fucking dope. I like where that's going, and I love those kind of games. To me, those kind of games are fun. It looks like um, there's going to be puzzles involved. I I mean, I know this is going to sound kind of whack, but... To me, a very high standard <laughs> Harry Potter game is the Harry Potter Lego games. I fucking love the Harry oh, Potter agreed. Lego games, and as far as I'm agreed. concerned, those, the that that is what the Harry Potter games were made for is for that kind of Lego fun. Because the Harry Potter yeah. is supposed to be kind of fun and dark and whatever, but that that's fun for me. So I, I, I'm looking forward to this game for that aspect. Yes. Because of the whole magic wizards, Harry Potter, stuff like that. I'm not looking forward yeah. to kind of it being the same story and the same Harry Potter stuff. And I just, I need more. And that's where I had high hopes for um, uh, the Fantastic Beast um, when that first started. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. man, this is going to be so cool. And it was because it was different in the same world. But then it, then it, then the second story kind of turned into. Uh, into the same, more of the same, and completely yeah, brought Dumbledore com- back and everything. Right, and I'm just like, I want something different. You have this 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 wizarding world, and you're showing me the same two cities and same school. What else is there? And if you can do that, then tell me. And that's why I think uh, we'll get to this later. But this is why I like Wandavision. This is why I like yeah. um, you know because there's so much more in those worlds than what you're telling us, and. Uh, I think this is great if you're going to do it in the world of wizards and magic and, you know, you have like a nod and a wink to Harry Potter and that's it, you know, but I'm just nervous about what they're going to do. So how do you feel about that uh, Lord of the Rings show for, from Prime? So you excited for it? Not excited? I'm excited for it because Lord of the Rings to me is something that needs to be extended and drawn out and told in long form format, which is why the extended editions of the movies are way better than the theater versions yeah. of the movies, which is why I'll sit See, there. That's for the thing. The, the Lord of the Rings has such a huge library of books expanding on the universe mm-hmm. dating back decades. So, I mean, we're talking about a universe that exists that already has been expanded upon. So you can much more easily draw from a much larger well, you know, yeah. to create spin-off series. Right. And and, and <clears throat> when you look at even um uh, like with the boys for instance, like there is so much Marvel and comic book and superhero stuff everywhere that when you hear about the boys you're like, "Oh, but when you watch the boys, it's completely different." And you have no Dude. problem sitting down <laughs> watching and binging the entire first season because it's 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 very very familiar. But it's the exact opposite of what you would ever expect it to be. And it's freaking I have great. got to get you the boys comic series. I have to find it in graphic, like, like a collected edition or something yeah. like that. Because you just have got to. There is, there, <laughs> there is an entire story arc. And I believe they confirmed that they are pulling this into the third season. To what capacity, I don't know. But there's an entire story arc where uh, all the heroes, the Seven, and some other heroes that are not involved, including a group called the G-Men, which is like their X-Men. 
they go to some like secluded island under the guise of this is like some training facility. You know, yeah. we're going to take a couple weeks off to do some training and blah, blah, blah. And what it actually ends up being is like just basically 24 seven orgy and cocaine and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's like three issues of just complete debauchery. And the story arc itself is actually called hero gasm. That's a that's a long orgy. <laughs> that a dude. And I believe they're they're gonna pull from that arc in some capacity for season three if I read correctly. Now, now see, now that right there, that's dope because that's completely different storytelling than what we're used to, and I like that. And I yep. want to be excited for Harry Potter, and I want to be excited for this, and I want to be excited for the game. But it's very, 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 very hard when every single thing that we're being hit with right now is based off of some property that we all invested. Tons of time into 15, 20 years ago. I've already read all the Harry Potter yeah. books. I've already seen all the movies. What more are you going to tell me of the exact same fucking stories that I've already seen? When it comes to Lord of the yeah. Rings, those Lord of the Rings movies were great. The expanded ones were even better. The Hobbit trilogies yes. were okay. But how do you expand the smallest book into three movies? It just it doesn't work. Yeah. That's just my opinion. But, I mean, not just, but apparently a lot of people thought that. But... You can retell the Lord of the Rings in long story format and it will work because there's so much to those worlds and you could tell a slow burning story and still have it lead to something. I mean, fuck a movie where everybody, including the trees, fucking just walked and had conversations, won an Oscar. Like, because (laughs) you can tell a story that way. So... I'm okay with that, and I'm I'm looking forward to the Harry Potter game, just like I'm looking forward to Gotham Knights, and I'm looking forward to the Suicide Squad game, and I can't yes. wait for more Marvel, and I can't wait for more of it. But just like with Snyder Justice League, I'm I'm so excited, but I'm apprehensive because I feel like again we're we're not where they're just rebooting everything. We're at the point where they're just literally putting a shine of polish on it, and they're selling us the exact same shit that we bought 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We, again, we don't know anything about this Harry Potter show, so I'm hoping it's not more of the same. I'm hoping they, you know, they have this, I, for lack of a better phrase, they have this playground yeah. to play around in. You know, don't just show me one part of it. Right, well, I just, I want I want there to be more chances. And, like, uh, Suicide Squad, big chance. Uh, you know, and, uh, I'm sorry, not the Guardians of the Galaxy, huge chance with, with Chris Pratt and... Dave Batista, and you launch this completely different type of movie with a completely different type of director, and you get the Guardians of the fucking Galaxy. So, like, yeah. it's okay to take chances on these obscure known things. Have J.K. Rowling come in and say, look, this is your world. Here's Hogwarts. Here's your entire wizarding world. Now give it to us, because... You know, it's like WWE having the WWE Universe. How are you going to have a universe but nothing exist outside of your, you know, 16 by 16 square foot <laughs> ring? doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm excited, but, dude, if they're going to sell us a Harry Potter game that's just a 4K better version of the Harry Potter Lego game, they can suck my left nut because that's not what I want. All right, well, since we're on the topic of HBO Max, let's move on to this next piece of news. Um, Batman the Animated Series getting a sequel series for HBO Max. Good. Think of that. I fucking love this because Batman the Animated Series gave us Kevin Conroy. It gave us fucking Mark Hamill. And if it wasn't for the animated series, Harley Quinn would not exist. Harley Quinn wasn't a comic book character. She was created in like the fourth episode of season one of Batman the Animated Series with Joe. It's... It's fantastic, and that's the way 
Batman needs to be told. I I, I can't speak highly enough about the animated series. It was <clears throat> um this is gonna sound stupid, but <clears throat> when I was younger, you know, parents worked, we were at daycare and stuff, and I remember sitting there and this was like my escape after school. This was my just yeah. this was my oh my god, there's Batman, the Joker, there's there's Catwoman, there's Commission it's just it's so good, man. And I'm excited. Now, this is firmly in the rumor territory, but Kevin Smith has basically, you know, in the interview where he brought this up, he's basically being super obvious about it with his wink, wink, nod, nod, you know, type of response. Mm -hmm. So it's not 100% sure that this is happening, but it's at this point pretty much looking like it will. Yes. And Kevin Smith is... I love Kevin Smith. I'm a Kevin Smith fanboy. One of my prized possessions is... The the um the Jan Silent Bob reboot script that you got me that's autographed by Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith yeah. like that to me is Kevin Smith is somebody that I've I, I don't care anybody says man he's made some fucking terrible movies but dude he's done it because he's wanted to and he's done it his way he's been unapologetic and he's been fucking awesome and he's living out all of our fantasies like I mean he's getting to make yeah. he's getting to make He-Man he's, he got to make fucking Tusk he got to do Yoga Hosers he got to make Clerks and go into debt and then I mean he went from doing that to filming his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter in a movie you know like I mean the dude is an aspiration and um, there is this uh, Tough Shit is a book by Kevin Smith I don't know if you've ever read it no, I know of it, but I've never. Um, read it. I've read the book twice, and both times I've cried at that book. It is, it is, it is a very fucking good book. So anything that Kevin Smith talks about, man, I, I hold in high regard, like some people do with Joe Rogan. And um, so, I mean, I'm excited for this, man. Especially if you have someone like Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin, who is just who is just a Batman aficionados. They're great. Mark yeah. Bernardin does still comic books. He was writing on. Um, that Hulu show uh, for a while that one about Stephen King. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it. Um. Anyways, though, man. Wait, what? What Hulu show? It was a show on Hulu, and um, it was it was based off of Stephen King books, and it had all of his stuff involved. Oh, oh, the Kennedy one? No, it was a different one. Oh, that that one was nineteen sixty two with James Franco. Yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, no, there was another one. It was not that one. No, it was another one. But like, it took place. It was basically it took place in a town, and the name of the show was after the town, and it had all of Stephen King's like characters were in this town or whatever. But it was just a good. I can't remember. I watched a couple episodes. Oh shit! But I like them, man. I'm really good. So, 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 what? What do you think, bro? Because like, I feel like I'm giving. I'm telling you that that this is how you should feel but i want to know how you feel tell me how you feel speak to me talk to me no this is i mean batman the animated series is some uh, just like you something i grew up with i remember you know rushing home from school when i was in elementary school and that was one of the shows i look forward to seeing the most after homework i mean it's, it's to this day i can still binge watch that show like i hadn't skipped a beat my fucking kids love it i it's in terms of all the batman media franchises I guess you can say other than the comics I mean this is pretty much the pinnacle right here yeah I mean even when you take into account the Nolan movies and all that stuff like that the animated series is the pinnacle I mean you have the definitive Batman voice right there yeah when you say Batman and I picture him speaking in my head it's always gonna be Kevin Conroy's voice always absolutely I was I was blown away when I found out that Mark Hamill was the Joker like, and I, oh, I know, me too. I didn't yeah. find that out until after years later because, again, this is going to sound stupid, but I remember when I saw Mark Hamill as a 
Cockknocker and Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. <laughs> yep. I saw him and I was like, dude, what the fuck has Mark Hamill been up to after Star Wars? I was like, man, he's really kind of slumming it in a Kevin Smith movie. And then I was like, wait, he was the Joker? And then what the fuck? And then I went yeah. back and I was like, oh my God, I've missed out on so much Mark Hamill. Where have I been? I, I honestly thought he just kind of burned out, but Mark Hamill's a pop culture god as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Dude, like, and it's. Uh, I found out that Mark Hamill was the Joker when I was back in the day when I was playing Wing Commander three on my PC, and he was the star of that game. Oh yeah, you remember that game? Yeah, with, with the full motion video cutscenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and oh. then uh, I kind of w- got back into like this Mark Hamill fandom just based off of the game because I was a huge Wing Commander yeah. mark. And then I found out he was the Joker, and it just blew my mind. Mark Mark Hamill is somebody that I would love to meet and just like sit down and like eat a sandwich with, you know, like not like <laughs> not like get drunk or rush to a cup of coffee, but sit down, and just sit across, man, have a couple, by, eat a sandwich, and just have a conversation with man. Like, how are you, man? How's your life, man? How? How's family? How's everything, dude? Like, just tell me about you. And then I would hug him. Like, I would want to hug him. Mark Hamill's a guy. I mean, he, he'll never hear this, so it won't make it awkward if I ever meet him. But, yeah, like, if I met Mark Hamill, I, if he went to shake my hand, I'd slap it and give him a hug. All righty. Sorry about that, folks. For some reason, my recording just randomly stopped. This episode is going to be super fun to edit. Guys, bear with us, man. We're 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 holding up. We're doing this for you guys. So just give Tony some yeah. slack, all right? I didn't want this to be easy for him, so I'm trying to do every single thing I can to fuck it up on his end. So he has to yep, work hard. Apparently, so somehow you used your mind bullets to fuck up my laptop. Yep, I called your neighbor. I'm the one who told him to go over there and ask for something. I'm I'm all on board Cooking with it. I'm doing this, man. <laughs> oh man. I'm, okay, yeah, this is gonna be fun to edit. Anyways. Um, so Batman the Animated Series getting a, a rumored, heavily rumored to be getting a, a sequel series. So I mean, I, I assume Bruce Timm will be involved. I assume I assume good things. So I say let's, bring it uh, on. Let's move on to this next thing because this was heavily in the realm of rumor for the longest time, and I don't think we ever got official confirmation of any of this happening. But now we're getting you know we're getting like like set pictures and set reports that this is actually true. Mm-hmm. And uh, sounds like Charlie Cox is not only for sure joining Spider-Man three now, but he has wrapped filming. That's and pretty on that note. Alfred Molina as well. Cause Zendaya just uh, released the thing where she was like, Oh, I had so much fun with him on set. He's such a nice man. So, I mean, Alfred Molina, I guess is also confirmed as being back as Octavia's in some form. We don't know if, you know, it's like another universe version of him, or if it's going to be the Raimi universe version of him, but these uh, things are apparently happening, for I, real. Dude, I think that we're going to get, uh, Charlie Cox is going to show up as Spider-Man's lawyer. Um, yep. I think that Spider-Man's going to have no idea that he's Daredevil, and I think that it's going to be a, uh, uh, not a, not a buddy comedy, but kind of a, God, I can't, uh, I'm trying to think of the words to describe it. But um, I think we're gonna have kind of the two of them trying to. Uh, I just think it's gonna be fun. I think I think it's gonna be a little funnier, yeah. a little more lighthearted than than we're experience than we're expecting. Um, but I mean, so Alfred Molina, I think is the cool part because I loved him as Octavius. But is he gonna be the bad guy? That that's what we don't know. If he's like another universe version of him, well, he better I mean, well be like a good Octavius. Who knows? But they haven't announced the villain for this one, right? Well, Jamie Foxx. Well, I mean, Jamie Foxx, right? I I assume Jamie Foxx is a villain, if not the villain. And then you're going to have 
whoever the villain's going to end up being due to, you know, Peter's identity now being known. Well, I'm, possibly Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. I don't know. But well, they haven't said this is the villain. Well, that, 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 that's what's kind of weird because I know that we keep getting all these massive like announcements for it. So I'm just trying to think off the top of my head how this can work. But if this is what somebody had called ever since day one, everybody did. We want Charlie Cox to be his attorney because yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal went out with uh, Spider-Man as Peter Parker. He's done all of this. Which Did you also see the leaks from yesterday from the set uh, down in Atlanta? There's a truck with Feast on the side. So there's some ties to Miles Morales and the PS4 or PS4 PS5 game as well. Yeah. So I mean, they know what they're doing and they're going to keep yeah. all of this stuff working, which is going to be fine. I just don't see Melina being the main bad, but I also don't see Jamie Foxx no. not yeah. being the lead bad cuz he's an Oscar winner. So I feel like you're going to have to have Jamie Foxx in here, but we've already seen that. So my question is, is this going to be like a, like a courtroom legal drama kind of thing? Because we still got Michael Keaton, who's who's been kind of hanging out there for a while. So like, yeah. what are we going to get? And I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm really, really intrigued and excited for it. But I wish they would give us a little bit more because if we're going to get – Jamie Foxx is the same Electro doing this, and is this just their way of writing out all the past Spider-Mans and we're going to go through and see these things again because we're getting two different universes Spider-Man. So is there going to be one where he goes through because Doc Ock shows up and all of a sudden, like they did in Avengers Endgame, we're going back in time and we're seeing Spider-Man fight Doc Ock, except it's now Tom Holland. I don't know. Um, also, take into account that this is supposed to be one part of the three-part, quote, multiverse trilogy that encompasses this movie, the new Doctor Strange movie, and WandaVision. So that is going to heavily play into this as well. That's a, that's true, man. And that's where it's kind of it's kind of yeah. exciting. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I'm excited. I like dude. not knowing. That's what it is. I like not knowing. But I wish we just knew more about like who the head bad guy was because if we know yeah. that, then I know I'm where sure we're we going. Because I mean, we're, we also know that Tobey Maguire has been suited. We also know that you've got Andrew Garfield who's been spotted. We know that all of these people are floating around all these Marvel properties, just kind of waiting to see what happens. And I'm just, I'm, I'm curious if, if this is where it is. If I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited. I just want a post credit scene after all this, after Spider-Man 3 ends and the first set of credits roll. I just want a post credit scene where, where Tom Holland, Peter Parker, is talking with Ned. They're walking down the street and whatever. You know, his name is cleared, whatever. And he bumps into someone on the street. He goes, oh, excuse me, man. And the guy says, no, no problem. Turns around and it's Tom Hardy. Mm, that'd be pretty badass. That's what I want as, as a post credit scene. Exactly. Like, we need Tom Hardy back. Uh, people can say what they want to say, but that Venom movie was fucking bomb, dude. Tom Hardy as Venom in San Francisco was so good. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's Tom Hardy. It's, it's, I mean, he's, he played, the movie was, the movie was the type of, you know, I don't know. I, I put it kind of up alongside something like Ghost Rider. It's bad, but good. See, I put it up there along the lines of Aquaman. Which was bad, but good. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, but see, I thought Aquaman was a great standalone movie. And that's what I thought about Venom. Like, because Venom went into it hands-free. Wasn't tied to anything. Also, lest we forget, Woody Harrelson is playing Carnage. Yeah. So, 
there is so much happening. But what I'm hoping is is that Charlie Cox plays a role in Spider-Man 3 more than just a 30-second cameo as Peter Parker's attorney. Because he, I know, I agree. So, I, I don't know. I, I think that we're going to have I our, want him to show up as Daredevil at some point absolutely. in the movie. And there's no way he, Doctor... He can't just be Matt Murdock. Right. And there's no way they're going to let him sit in jail, you know, Doctor Strange and everything else. So, I think, I don't know. I think it'll be good. I'm excited for it. So let's move on then, since we talked about WandaVision to the first four episodes. Now, people <laughs> listening, if you haven't seen the first four episodes, know now that this goes into some heavy spoiler territory. So Spoilers. if you don't want WandaVision spoiled, if you don't want WandaVision spoiled, I would jump ahead. You know, I don't know how long we're going to be talking about this, but jump ahead. So you have been warned. Spoilers following. Spoilers. So we called it. We called almost everything in this show, and I'm, you know, I'm not yanking our own chains or anything. I mean, this is not stuff that everyone else didn't also predict. But you know, we were right about the false reality, the twins, sword, all that shit. But my God, this show is a mindfuck, and in the best way. It is, man. And what's crazy is that I tried to tell my brother to watch it. So he watched the first two episodes and said he was super bored and didn't get into it. Um, But episode three and then episode four just completely blew the doors off of everything and yeah oh excuse me it is so well done there is so much being told uh the action is great and it's funny because the movie it it, when you just said in episode four like when we were watching it you know uh darcy and detect uh woo are sitting there and she's watching she's like it took place in the 50s 60s 70s so what's next is this like their commentary was the same commentary we all had on the show it's like yeah it's it's there it's super meta dude the funniest line when was when they were talking about having kids and she was like you want one Right, who was like, yeah, what? I could see a bunch of little Jimmy Woo's. Oh, oh you mean the chip? Oh, yes, the chip, yeah, yes, dude. Right, it was fucking <laughs> great, dude. And he's still doing card tricks like that he was trying to learn from Ant Man. Like, it, dude, it's, yep. dude, it's it's fucking hilarious, and it's still the same card. Like, dude, it's just so well done, and it's such a good yeah. show. And I have, I have, I've told you when I've talked about this podcast before. I hate waiting weekly for episodes to show up, and I hate waiting for it, but. WandaVision is the perfect show because I want to talk about it at the end of every episode. I haven't been this yeah, it confused. Yeah, gives you time to digest. Right, and I haven't been this confused or this excited since, you know, Lost and they discovered the fucking hatch. And what's on the hatch? Like, you know. Yep. Like, the beekeeper, which I thought was fucking phenomenal the way they did that. Yeah, um, I think we all thought it was AIM. Yes, yes. And then it wasn't. It wasn't, and then... The helicopter with the sword on it, and then you see them putting the drone in there, and they're like, "Oh, why did it change? You know, change with the it changed with the times." And then there yeah. there is the force field, which leads me to believe. So, is this force field? Who has this force field around Wanda, and why are they protecting everybody from her? And why are these select people who are all from New Jersey here in this town? Yeah. I think want that force field. I think it's Wanda. It's, it's she's created the force field. She created this town. Sword somehow infiltrated it with all these actors that they you know revealed in episode four. I think Vision. This is just me pulling stuff out of my ass, but I think the Vision that's in the show is not only just in her mind. I think she somehow is has reanimated dead Vision, and he's like a Vision puppet that she's controlling. Well, we just saw that in episode four. Well, we saw him. Well, we saw. Yeah, we saw that little. 
I guess nightmare flash or whatever um, that it was. So exactly, which is why it leads me to think. I mean, not only is this in her head, but I think she's fucking puppeting a dead vision. <laughs> right. We'll see. I all see. That's where I think that that she. I think that she went into this town. I think that she just ended up in this house and she's gone crazy and somebody else has this force field around her to protect other people. I don't think it has anything. Who do you think it is? I don't know. See, I texted you this the other day and I was like, well, what if this is a way to introduce X-Men or Fantastic Four or some, something else into this? Because I went yeah. through and we were watching, uh, I started uh, Age of Ultron last night just to show my oldest, like, look, check out the beginning of Avengers 2. And the same yeah. force field that was around the place they were oh, going. Oh, Strucker's, uh, yes. Strucker's Chateau or whatever. Right. The same stuff. They, my daughter was like, "Hey, that's the same thing in Wanda Division." I was like, "Holy crap, you're right." So, like, is yeah. there some other kind of technology? And I don't think that Wanda would. I think that maybe she's controlling, you know, the aspects of her life to find the perfect happy time. But I think that she's trapped here as much as everybody else. So, do you I think could, Sword is making the is making the force field, or well, do you think it's like a third party? Like I think it's maybe a third the introduction fr- of AIM. I think it's the extra the. I think it's the introduction of the mutant verse. I think that this is how we're going to get into a Professor X or something because it could be like I mean, and this is just me like reaching oh, out like very a mind hard. field or something, right? Because this is the same thing that Professor X would have done to Phoenix to try to control her, and that's what I started thinking when I was right. going over the X Men movies. When you think about it, like you know, when Phoenix started losing all of her powers, are or when Jean Grey started going crazy and started becoming Phoenix, Xavier was trying to control her mind and put her into these environments to keep her safe where she couldn't hurt yeah. anybody. She couldn't hurt herself or anybody else, but to her, everything was normal. So that's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's what we're going to get here because if Wanda, like, I mean, the barrier doesn't make any sense. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Almost like she doesn't know it's there, but she's a product of it. Like, she's not she, doing yeah, it. Yeah, she does but doesn't, kind of. Right. She's living her life, and she's making all of this stuff up, but but she can't control her powers. So that's why the whole neighborhood had the power go out, and that's why, you know, the neighbors are like, oh, well, you know, we're all here because we're – and they can't say it. So why are they all there? Are they all there because yeah. of Wanda? Is their job there to protect her? Because, you know, uh, S.W.O.R.D. was just as confused. They were like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? The police are like, this town's not here. I'm from Eastview. So either that town existed, Wanda ended up there, and somebody's erasing it from everybody's mind. Like, you don't see this, like Professor X could, or like, uh, yep. um, you know, to hide it. Or is she just making up this this massive fake town, which... That doesn't make any sense. It would. You know what would be my ultimate nerdgasm version of this? Huh. My ultimate nerdgasm version of this would be that we finally are. This is finally revealed way down the line that part of this is done, but because of Professor X, he's the one that's erasing it from everyone's memories because you know that's on brand from him. Yep, for him. And the actual tech behind the force field is done by Reed Richards. See that? See and that. That would be my ultimate version, <laughs> dude. And that's the way. To, <clears throat> that's the way to do it. And if Disney's smart with these properties, they can roll out an X Men show because the best thing that was ever X Men was the X Men animated series, which was like Disney Plus's most watched show when it first released on For Disney sure. Plus. Because everybody fucking loved it. Why not <clears throat> bring back a good X Men TV show, which you're showing you can do with Wandavision? So you bring in your James McAvoy or your few other people from X Men First Class or who was there, and you bring them into the TV. You can do it. I don't know how, but do it. But that's what an X Men show could work because The Gifted was a fantastic show, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of sad it, it didn't last longer than it did. And but The 
Gifted and Legion were fantastic X-Men shows. Well, they did one. So it absolutely can work. They did one early in the 90s, too. And it was, um, oh, it wasn't the X-Men. It was like uh, Class X or X, something like that. It was Generation X. Is that what it was? Yep, Generation X. It was I remember on, that. And show. it was only a couple episodes. And I, the only thing I remember was like one of the girls, her mutant power was like she was super muscular. So like, I, I just remember bits yeah, and pieces. And I think Jubilee was in it, wasn't she? Yes, yes. And it was just yeah, ahead of its. I remember that. And show. It was ahead of its time, but I've never forgotten it. So I think that Disney yeah. can do that. And when you look at this, it kind of reminds me of the Professor X that we saw in Logan. He knew that he was losing his powers. He knew what he was having to do, so they had to control him and keep him safe. So you build this yeah. force field over here. When you have the world's greatest scientists, you have your Bruce Banners, and you have your um, you have your Reed Richards, and you have your uh, Doctor Doom before he became Doctor Doom. I forgot with Ben uh, uh, Von Doom, Victor Von Doom. Yes, you have um, your Professor Xavier's, and bring them in here and. Bring this in because that's what we're seeing with WandaVision, man. And I didn't think that I would be this excited for it. I mean, A, I'm excited because it's a show that me and my 10 year old, my 11 year old get to watch together. It's like our show, but it is so fucking well done. And I have so many questions and I'm so excited about it. (laughs) Yeah, it is well done. It's, 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 I I love a good mystery and the, the show has it in spades. So, I mean, yeah, good on them, man. And this just gives me hope for all the other Marvel Disney Plus shows that are coming out, you know, like Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, all that stuff. Yeah. I was I was apprehensive <laughs> about how this was going to work um the show and people are trying to pick it apart on TV. Oh, 25 million dollars an episode and you can spot this and this and this show's garbage. You know what, man? Friends was costing people, people like 10 million dollars an episode over the fuck it was. Like just calm down. All right. We're going to get there. It's just starting. That's an average. And I I love it, man. They're spending their money wisely. And I, like you said, man, I I can't wait for the next, for the next Disney Plus ventures. Um, Because speaks back to what I said. It's the same characters, but a completely different world. It's a completely different everything. It's not Wanda envisioned from, uh, from Infinity War or from Endgame. It's a completely different different everything just two familiar characters that's it yeah and it was super cool seeing the blip in reverse yes it re- that blew that my was mind trippy. like i was sitting yeah. there on the couch and my daughter kind of turned to me and she's like is that them coming back and inside the hospital dude i that was nuts i was my I, my jaw was dropped i was like oh my god this is so cool can you imagine blipping and then coming back and then you came back to covid <laughs> Dude, I know. It'd be like, we were... Sh- <laughs> or blip and you come back and you're still in COVID. You're like, God, we didn't get ahead of this? Really? Guys, it was five years. <sighs> Dude, no, it's hey, just... Hey, so let's move on to some gaming news. Yes. And, uh, we had a pretty big announcement a couple of weeks ago it, um, with a really sweet trailer. It was only like 10 seconds long, but it certainly got me excited. Uh, Bethesda and LucasArts. LucasArts apparently is back doing a new About Indiana Jones time. game. What do you think of that? Dude, now this is fucking dope. And I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. Because Indiana Jones is... for. Before I say this, Harrison Ford is is a god because he's been a grumpy, disgruntled, angry old man since he was 19 years old. And he has yeah. been <laughs> the greatest characters. He's been Blade Runner. He's been Harrison. Uh, he's been, um, uh, my God, Indiana Jones. Han he's Solo. been fucking Han Solo. This is, this is Harrison Ford. The fact that we're getting a new game that's going to be based off of an original Indiana Jones story from what I'm getting... It, with LucasArts is fantastic. 
This is what. And on that note, one of the free games with gold for February is the OG Xbox Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, which I fucking loved. Yes, yes, wasn't yes. even a great game, but I loved it. Right, and that's and and there was a, is is that the one where it's the third person point of view with Indiana Jones? Yep. Yes. Okay. Good. Because I was like, I'm gonna download that today. Uh, again, another prime example of a great fun game is Lego Indiana Jones. That shit is yep. fun as fuck. And it was before they had the voice acting and everything else. Dude, I am so excited about this because I love Indiana Jones. I think every adult male our age loves Indiana Jones. Like he was So what do you think it's gonna be? Is it gonna be like an Uncharted style game, you think? Yes. I, Maybe with less platforming? Yes and no. I think we're gonna get that, but it's also done by Machine Games. And they did the Wolfenstein New Colossus, which was a fucking great game, and Wolfenstein New Order. So yeah. they did, they're more well, Are they doing it? I, 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 yeah, I guess they... Yeah. I don't remember seeing that. Because it's uh, working with... I'm they're doing it with it right Beth, uh, Bethesda, yep. Lucasfilms, and yep. Machine Games. Okay. So Well, Machine Games certainly knows they're, uh, they're Nazis. Right, and they, that's what I'm saying. So they know it. So I think that we're going to get an Uncharted meets Doom meets just this new world... I, Dude, I'm really, really, really excited. And what what's cool about Machine Games, what they do, is that they build these dope environments that fit the style of games they're doing. Like, yeah, uh, I completely agree. Yeah, and, 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 and it's one of those things that if you know what I'm saying, then like I said, you agree. And they're they're really good at that. Like when they did um, with their Wolfenstein's and and the way Bethesda the thing. So I'm really excited for what they're gonna do because I think that they can build an environment that will fit in with the environment from the Indiana Jones. Movies, yeah. so it'll be a very familiar feeling, um, just like with Uncharted. Uncharted looks and feels like these great Indiana Jones epics, but they're they're not knockoff or ripoffs because they're shot and they're filmed and they're done their own way. So I think that they're going to be yeah. able to nail this, where it's going to feel like an Indiana Jones game, not just someone putting a fedora and a whip in the hands of fucking B.J. Blazkowicz from Wolfenstein. So yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to have a similar concept to Uncharted absolutely. In, in terms of it's going to be a third person action adventure. Um, I don't think there's going to be much, if any, platforming because that's not really something indie does. So you're not going to have all the, you know, cliff climbing and trying to climb up vines and all that shit. No, you'll have I mean, puzzles, it, it, you know, but um, I think it's going to be a much and I hate describing it like this, but it's the only thing I can think of right now. I think it's going to be a much slower paced Uncharted slash Tomb Raider style game with a heavy emphasis on puzzles. Yeah, you and you might be right. Um, which 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 is fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but also, I mean, I'm just curious if they're gonna lean more into like a younger version of Indiana Jones, so we're gonna get more of an Uncharted series, or if we're gonna get like a like more of a, an earlier um, Tomb Raider, where there's a lot more puzzles and it's more archaeology, fist fighting kind of, yeah. kind of on the way, um, or if they're going to try to stick to more of like a new age Indiana Jones, but it's going to be an original story, and you know, yeah. Luke, Lucas Lucas Arts is going to be involved. George Lucas really kind of likes doing Indiana Jones and alien stuff. I think if they stick to Nazis, they stick to just a good Indian. They stick to the familiar characters and they expand on this universe they have. Then that's going to be fantastic. I mean, like I would, I mean, because if you think about it, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 
took pl- the 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 sequence of the movies is the Temple of Doom, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, then Last Crusade, then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. So, but at the beginning of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, don't forget the, Young Indiana Jones. Yeah, Young Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, we don't talk about that. But even they talked about um, before at the beginning of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, like the secret missions that Doctor Jones had when he was a spy for the American military, apparently. So maybe that's what we get. I don't know, man. I'm just excited. Anything new, Indiana Jones? Well, the post the post here from IGN says, quote, this game will be set during the, quote, height of the career of the famed adventure. So I'm thinking Raiders of the Lost Ark era. Fuck yes. Dude, so, I, I, Nazis and stuff. Yes, which, if you played Wolfenstein 2, um, there's a part in the game where you gotta go, like, to downtown Roswell and it's all Nazis and everything. It really feels like you're in... You know, Naziville, New Mexico, nineteen seventy six. Yeah. They're really good at that stuff. So, oh, wait, wait, wait! I just, I just saw something. It's, um, I'm still on the IGN article. <laughs> so, in the teaser where it shows all his shit on the table, yeah, there's a plane ticket to Rome, uh, October nineteen thirty seven. So it predates, um, it predates uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I, I'm excited for this. I am too. And this is the kind of stuff where I, when when they take a a good property based off something that's already has a good fan base in, they try to expand on it. They they can do it very well. So this could be something like they did with the Ghostbusters video game, for instance. Oh, the Ghostbusters video game when they couldn't make Ghostbusters three, they took the script and turned it into. The Ghostbusters game, you yeah. get it remastered, and it's a great game. It's it's a great continuation of the Ghostbusters saga without having to make Dan Aykroyd lose 150 pounds and get Bill Murray yeah. and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So my son beat that game, by the way. My seven year old son. That's the first game oh, game he's that. ever beaten, which is awesome. Yeah, Hell, I'm so proud of it. And, and it's a fun game. And, and even more impressive, he beat it on Switch, which, as you know, has a frame rate of about four. Yeah. Good. So he really stuck with it. Damn. Good job, kid. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, well, like, like I bought it on Switch to play it, and I was like, "No, this is bullshit. The frame rate is horrible. I'm getting a headache. I give up." Yeah. And he was like, he just powered through it for like three weeks. Gangster. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I think that I think so, this is yeah, going to be good, excited. man. They can expand on the universe. There's a lot of pressure on this, but if you're going to have anybody do it, let them do it. And the best part is, is yeah. that it's going to be free on Game Pass because it's done by Bethesda, which is owned by Microsoft. I was going to say, do you think it's going to be a first party exclusive? Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. There's no way. Well, there's no other way. And I bet you will probably. I bet you will probably get this game released uh, right around the time the fifth Indiana Jones comes out. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and that that's supposed to be, I think, in 2022, 20, 23. So, yeah, we'll probably get this in a year, year and a half, too. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to the game much more than I'm looking forward to the fifth movie. As much as I love the franchise. Yep. Let's see. So, it is what it is. Yeah, well. Yep. So let's. Uh, you know what? Huh? I'm, we're both going to be either in theater seeing this movie day one or playing this game day one, wearing our fedoras and carrying a bullwhip. So let's not act like we're not oh, yeah, ready for, for sure. this. Exactly. So uh, let's move on. So we do have a release window finally for Halo Infinite. It is coming fall of 2021. Uh, I, I think we kind of all knew that this was going to happen. It was going to be pushed back to the the latter part of the year. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got pushed back because while I didn't really have too many issues with the trailer that they showed or the gameplay, I mean, like the eight minutes, a lot of people did. And it was very clear that it didn't impress. 
So yeah, the fact that they're pushing it back and polishing it up, for lack of a better phrase, I think is is a good move. I mean, we all saw what happened with Cyberpunk, which is such a weird thing to say for a game that was in development for, what, eight years? Seven yeah. years? Yeah. Think about this. There's somebody out there who has a Cyberpunk edition Xbox One X, and they can't even play the fucking game on it. I know, really. I mean, like... Oh, by the way, speaking of which, it just got another patch. Uh, it was a huge patch. It was like 13 gigs or something, so... Uh, I believe, please don't take my word for this, because I only have a Series X, uh, not an older system, but I believe it's supposed to play much better on the older systems. Dude, I, I mean, I haven't even, I tried to play Cyberpunk the other day, and I couldn't do it. I just turned it off. Uh, well, that leads us actually into our next topic. So uh, the Cyberpunk next-gen upgrade will also be coming the second half of 2021, which is kind of a bummer. I think we all knew it wasn't coming in January or February, but... I wouldn't have been mad if they said, oh, your Xbox Series X and PS5 upgrade for Cyberpunk is coming in, I don't know, April. Yeah. I would have been okay with that. But second half tells me, what, holidays? That's yep. probably what they're aiming for. Yeah, and they'll probably so, do like a special edition and try to raise up their yeah. prices. And and that's where they're going to fuck up because when you have Halo Infinite coming out, which is going to be a super hyped up game and that's being delayed, yeah. like Cyberpunk, they just kind of, they're fucking themselves over and over and over again. And like the game which is so weird coming from CD Projekt Red. I mean, they're, this is not them. But you're right, and that's what's so weird is that CD Projekt Red feels like they, dude. I just this is going to be hard because how much longer are we going to continue to give the studios a pass? Like, so exactly. all these people bought this fucking game, and it's going to be a year before it's going to play the way it's supposed to play, and it took you fucking yeah. so, so nine years before this game is right. And no offense to the game, but so far. It hasn't really sucked me in or intrigued me. I mean, it's been cool the first part of it, but now I'm doing this part. Like, I just had to go find some Silverhand records or something. Like, I'm just, like, I'm not enthralled into it. So, yeah, I put probably a good 15 hours into it. But once I finished the Pan Am storyline, yeah, um, I kind of just went, mm, I'm good waiting for the upgrade. Right, like that's why Especially I don't, since Hitman 3 came out I'm putting all my time into that Right, like I mean I have no desire to play it Which sucks because Because I really want to And But yeah. I mean I don't I really wanted to Like I, I was so excited when it got here And I'm just disappointed And I'm not going to get my money am, back Because just, I don't yeah, want to right. that, That'd be fucked up to this Yeah, there's no point And I'm not going to take away from the studio Because they're going to do what they have to do To make it right That's what yeah. that, That's their job So hey man, it's cool I'm just not doing it again. On the topic on the topic of Hitman 3, did you see that absolutely wonderful article about this Twitch streamer who made it his life mission to kill every single NPC in the Sapienza map from Hitman, Hitman 1 with one explosive rubber ducky? Yes. And, uh, and he did it in a clown suit. It's amazing. And it took him seven hours. He knocked every single NPC unconscious, dragged them into the butcher shop. It was what? It was like 250 NPCs, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. Yep. And then he chucked an explosive ducky in there. It only killed 20. So he added a propane tank. It only killed like another 20 or 30. And then he just decided it was because there were so many people in there. It was creating basically a meat shield. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my. And I was like, this is this is what I want to do with my life. I want to be him. Right, like, I mean, he set out on a mission, he smoked some good green, and was ready for it, bro. Yep. Like, I, I'm not mad. I suck. I would be the world's worst hitman. So, I, I tried Same. I tried the Dubai mission, 
and I was like, dude, first of all, fucking beautiful. Hitman Three is beautiful, and 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 yeah. So just 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 to just to dump a little bit more on Cyberpunk here, Hitman One plays and looks better than Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Just it really does. Just so we're and clear, that's just not that's not just us being dicks about it. It really does. It really does. And so I took your so I tried the Dubai mission in Hitman Three. Beautiful and ray tracing isn't even on yet, from what you told me, right? It, no, it's not. It's all screen space reflections right now, and it's just, and it's beautiful. Like I mean, when you're outside the scepter and you're looking inside and everything, but I think I put yeah. it in an hour and a half. Still have no idea what the fuck I'm doing in this level, so I just quit. I was like, I'm done. It's beautiful, but I went back and played the first level of Hitman, the first two levels of Hitman One, and the way they have it set up, where I can go into Hitman Three and do all the campaigns, and how beautiful it is, and how remastered it is, and how much fun yeah. it is, dude. I, I love it. It's so well done. And I just don't see how Cyberpunk took eight years for that hot garbage, and they managed to make yeah. three Hitmans in that time that play and look better. It's it's mind-baffling to me. And again, that's where I say, when when do we give studios the fucking benefit of the doubt, bro? Like, I mean, when do we stop giving yeah. them that? Did you, by uh, by any chance, watch that Digital Foundry video, video I sent you about the upgrades to Hitman's 1 and 2? Uh, I don't think I got a chance to watch it yet. Send it over to me again. Okay, you should see it because they they do a side by side comparison of the upgraded graphics to Hitman One and Two yeah. compared with the PS4 and Xbox One versions, and we're not talking a mind blowing difference. Like we're not talking night and day, but just the addition of the reflections and they actually went in and they did shit like they added more realistic foliage to the trees. Right. They didn't have to do that, but they did. Right. Well, remember when and just little things like that, like you'll never notice playing on your own on a on the PS5. Oh yeah, but when you do a side by side, you're like, holy shit, this looks better. Well, think of remember when uh, the Spider Man uh, game first came out and they were showing us like the video clips of it, and you know people were right. like, oh my god, look at the water reflections, and they weren't there inside the game. Uh, I'm pretty sure that just means that they were just showing us their fucking clips on a PS5 because that's exactly what we're getting on the yeah. PS5, man. And I'm blown away when um uh, with what with what we're getting. And I texted you this the other night when we were looking at I don't remember what fucking game it was, but it was just like an older game. And I was like, dude, I'm so blown away with what we're getting already, and we're still in the quote unquote day one phase of next gen yeah. games. And to see what we're getting with like older games, like to play Uncharted Four on my PS Five, it looks amazing, dude. Um, I so wish Uncharted Four had a uh, unlocked frame rate. Oh my God, that game would look. If everything else looked the same and it just bumped up to sixty, yep. holy crap! Dude, right. So like, and I just I love it. And going on my Series X and playing older games and um playing uh, like Valhalla. Oh my God! Or going through and playing. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh God, dude, it's yeah. so beautiful in the Series X. It looks fucking real. So like, yeah. so when I see this, I, I I love it. And then I put in Cyberpunk, and I'm like, well, there's Cyberpunk. Yeah. There's that. And I just I don't know, man. I, it upsets me. And CD Projekt Red, you guys did great with Witcher Three to an extent, um, but. Again, I, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not investing any money into your products anymore. That was it for me. I'm not going to request a refund. I'm not going to dump on you anymore. But you guys, you'll need to fix it. I appreciate the hard work you put in with the story and to fix it. But I'm done. Yeah. And on, so while we're on the topic of, you know, bleeding out your goodwill with uh, studios, let's <laughs> move on to our next piece, which is uh, the on February 16th, the Avengers are going to do another war table 
announcements slash blog slash whatever where they're going to be talking more about the uh, PS5 and Xbox Series XS upgrades. Like, I assume they're going to let us know when it, when it's coming. So here's another thing where is it too little too late? Because the game, the Avengers launched when? Was it August or September? Uh, yeah, uh, that was uh, September. Because it was around the fires. Yeah, it was September. Yeah, it was, it was September. So it launched in September. In between September and now, which, you know, let's just call it February because we're basically there. Between September and February, we got one piece of new content. Yep. Which is the Kate Bishop DLC. Now, thank you for making it free. I haven't played it yet. I played one level of it, and it's pretty fun. Thank you for making it free and not charging us for additional episodes. But between September and February, with one piece of additional content... Prior to that, everyone's biggest complaint was once you're done with the campaign, there's nothing else to do because it's so repetitive. I mean, what if they come in on February 16th and they say, okay, the PS5 upgrade is going to be October? Well, fuck, I'm not I'm not going to be playing that game all the way to October. And when October comes and the upgrade drops, I guarantee you what I'll do is look at it. I'm going to be like, ooh, shiny and never touch it again. Yep. It, it's it's They've got to put more shit out. They do, and that's what sucks because we sat here and was <coughs> promised this, and it's like, cool, man, and we invested money and we played Avengers, and then it was over. And the story was cool, but... The campaign was phenomenal. Right. I'll give them that. But that's it. And they've... Ugh, sorry, I cracked my back, but they've done... They just shouldn't have made it a live service game. They should have had it with just the campaign. Right. Maybe like a multiplayer mode with some co-op, and then just left it at that. Because once you say we're doing a live service game like this, people are going to expect something, the quality of like a Borderlands or a Destiny yep. 2. And, we'll, and, here, and that's not what we got. And here we are again. So when do we stop giving studios the benefit of the doubt? Now, now Square yep. Enix, they did good with um, like the Tomb Raider series, but they're not... Yeah, that, Crystal but, Dynamics and Square Enix, yeah. they're good with their Final Fantasy and Tomb Raider. It's huh. great, you know? So granted, this is their first real big stumble. Right, but like they're better than this so they should be able to fix this they and they should have realized hey man we stumbled let's fix it now I understand it takes a long time to develop content sure. to test it to get it rolled out to make sure it's great to get the patches for future gen and everything else but I can fucking guarantee you that when Avengers came out and August or September of last year, they fucking knew the PS5 and Series X were coming out. They had been developing with it for at least a year, so they knew what was going on, so it wasn't like it's a huge shock for them. And I think what kind of upsets yeah. me, too, is that um, the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider is coming up, and at the bottom of this link that, that I was looking yes. at, it's like their plan is just to take the other three Tomb Raider games, put them together, and then reboot the trilogy. And it's like, well, why would I buy it when my Series X is already giving me all three Tomb Raider games... Is that what they're doing? I thought they announced that it was that there was going to be a new game that incorporates Lord elements Cross from the old Next series Adventure and the new will series. unify the timelines in Core Design's original Tomb Raider games and its own reboot trilogy. See, I took that to mean that they're going to do a new trilogy, but they're going to incorporate more stuff from the right. like more gameplay elements. He also from the old warned series. fans that the studio doesn't have plans for a major game announcement in the near future. So, huh. and that what pisses me off about that is that play- that's a that's telling. That, that's what I'm saying. Like PlayStation to me was built on the backs of Tomb Raider and Crash Bandicoot, and now it's 2021 yeah. and we've got the PlayStation Five launching, and there's no Tomb Raider, there's no Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. We don't have that, and again, that's fine. Uh, there are plenty of other things to play, but it's like okay, so now now these franchises that everybody know and loves, I'm not going to get anything. 
that's fucked up. Isn't it weird that you're absolutely right? Isn't it weird that Lara Croft, which was at one point a PlayStation mascot, mm-hmm. has since become an Xbox mascot? <laughs> yep. Well, do and, and and it's crazy because I own uh, same thing with Joanna Dark. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Nintendo and now Xbox. Yep. And I own all my Tomb Raider games except the first one, which was uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Wait, what? what no, wait. Tomb Raider and then Rise of the The first the one Tomb- was just Tomb Raider. Yeah. So Tomb Raider I have uh, on my PlayStation and then Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of Tomb Raider on my Xbox because it looks better and plays better. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just nicer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is, yeah. which is crazy, but... Again, man, for for Square, for them to for them to have this and then this be their announcement is really disappointing and just kind of, huh? When you have other studios like like um, uh, and other games like Resident Evil Eight coming out, and it's ridiculous when you look at the demo, which I know we both played for Resident Evil Eight uh, Maiden, and you look at Cyberpunk, dude. Yeah, I mean, if, if anything is night and day, that that right there, I mean, should should be the most selling because Resident Evil Seven, which is basically a continue, which is what Resident Evil Eight is going to be continuing off of, wasn't that made during Cyberpunk's development time? Yep, and it, and so that game is so, yeah. So I mean, and it was in VR too. That's right. Oh my god, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't play that in VR. Resident Evil Seven was probably the scariest Resident Evil since I first played the first one back on the PS1 where everybody looked like pixels. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. I liked it, though. I liked Resident Evil 7. I'm actually going back and playing it again because I didn't get to finish playing it. I am, too. And I really liked it. I only got to the part with the guy inside the garage, and then he kept... I kept then after I killed him, um, like, I had a corruption in my hard drive, and I was like, I don't want to go back and kill that guy again. Uh, Like, it just sucked. So I have, I really like that whole Texas Chainsaw Massacre aura yes, of Resident Evil Seven. Dude, That's freaky I do, shit. And to Resident me. Evil is good too at building their environments. Like when you first walk into the yeah. house and you're going through the kitchen, you can oh, you open up the fridge and all the slimy shit. Yeah. It's just ugh. You, you're instantly sucked in. Like oh my god, this is so disgusting. So when yeah. when I played fucking um, the Resident Evil Maiden demo, dude, I was that's how I felt. Like I was. Yeah, fucking, let's talk about that yeah, since that's our next thing, anyways. Uh, yeah, the demo was. Yeah, Dude, it, it was mine. No, no, granted, for people that don't know, this is very, very obvious, and they even call it this. So don't for one second think this is representative of the full game. They are calling it a visual demo. Uh-huh. This has nothing to do with the game. The whole game isn't going to be like this. They're just showing off visually what can be done yep. for Resident Evil Eight Village. So I've, I heard a lot of people bitching about this. Oh, is this what the game's going to be like? I'm canceling my pre-order. Dude, fucking relax. This is a visual demo like PT was. Right. That's all it is. And it is, <coughs> when you're first looking at the barrels inside the prison with just your flashlight, dude, I was there. Like, I mean, you, you dude, are. Dude, there's fucking maggots in there. Yes. Dude, you're fucking in there. And it's so well done and and again I don't take this as any invicted for how the game is going to be it's all just set up as a gaming demo so you can see yeah. what it's going to be like and how, how the ray tracing is going to work and the visual graphics and yeah, the three that I, I read somewhere that the demo was running on 4k 60 fps with ray tracing now I believe it's a dynamic resolution or dynamic frame rate I forget which so you know it'll dip but I mean 
it just goes to show the PS5 and I assume the Xbox Series X as well can push out 4K 60 FPS ray trace. Absolutely. And, th- and that's where and it looks so good. It does. And that's the crazy part is that the the consoles right so here's my theory. TVs for the longest time have always been a little bit behind what we're what what we're able to get. Like not not the TVs, but like Comcast. They can't push through your cable provider, so you can't get the live stream content in 4K, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. now we have these Sony TVs, which which have had 240 hertz and all these refresh rates for so long that no one's ever got to touch. And now you got your PlayStation 5, which is doing that, which is taking that content onto yeah. a disc or a digital copy and pushing it out. And it is fucking mind-baffling. Um, like, anybody who has who's been watching the NFL on Amazon, they started filming with these 8K cameras and the visual cutaway scenes after touchdowns is like fucking Madden. And it is mind-blowing how beautiful it looks and how clear the image is and just (laughs) what it looks like. And it's crazy because it we're blown away at how close to the video game it looks, not how close the video game looks to real life. And it's you're right, yeah. And it's ridiculous that we're able to get that now to the point where I don't like to watch live TV or cable because to me it looks like shit. I'd rather just either stream it <laughs> or go on my PlayStation. And like even playing Phoenix, uh, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, it, it's beautiful. The color pops, the scenery, the, the visuals, everything. Um, and, yeah. and with what we just saw with this Resident Evil Maiden demo, I am blown away because, again, like I said, we're in the quote-unquote day one. We're not really going to get out of that, you know, we'll hit, well, you know a couple months, um, and then we're going to be, you know, all of a sudden cranking up with the next because we haven't even gotten the big games yet to see what these power consoles can do. So yeah. it, it's insane. And the, the Resident Evil 8 demo on the PS5 showing what it can do with the proper TV was just, dude, it was like watching a movie that you were controlling. And Dude, I went into that kind of chuckling at all the memes about, you know, the hot vampire chicks. And I was like, man, you guys are lame. And, you know, until I ran into that part and I was like, man, I'm feeling a stirring in my uh, my area. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this vampire chick can step on me all day if she wants. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And, you know, I never was someone that was into goth chicks, but here you are, this eight foot tall. I forgot her name. Lady something. Lady D something burst through the door. And I'm like, God damn. Dude, it's crazy. She, she was just like eight feet tall. It was bananas. But like visually. She had to duck through the door. Dude, right. And visually so well done. I just I like yeah. what they're doing in like um, that game medium just came out today on the Series X. So I downloaded yes. it to play. It actually it. came out a couple days ago. I played it like two or three days ago. Oh, you did? Um, yeah, it, I think it came out Thursday or Wednesday. Dude. I don't recall, but I only put about an hour into it since, you know, I've, I'm so into Hitman right now. How is but, it? Um, it's a very, very, very slow. It's like an adventure game. Nice. It's a very slow paced you know, pick up an item here, read this paper here. Yeah. Oh no, this door doesn't open. Go find the key in another room. It's like an adventure game, much less so than an action game. But picture the pace of like an old school Resident Evil 1 and 2 where your character yeah. doesn't walk ever faster than like a stroll. Yeah. You know? And just the, it, I wouldn't say it's scary, but the entire ambience of the game is just kind of kind of uncomfortable nice that's the best way of putting well it. and you can do the simultaneous so far, so games good. right like the simultaneous worlds 
Yeah, the, it's, it's actually split screen when it happens, and that kind of threw me off at first, but, you know, you eventually get used to it. Well, it, it's crazy to think that, that the, the system now can handle that, that kind of content, because that's that Ratchet and Clank game. Yeah, can handle two assets from what's essentially two different games uh, at the same time. Absolutely. And, like, that's like that uh, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Clank game that we were looking at, where he was going through yeah. and he's warping through worlds at the same time simultaneously, so that's why yeah. I'm excited to play Medium because I got to download it and I want to put in a couple hours because that is the power of these consoles that you're getting that's just that that blows me away. And yeah. sorry, and that takes me back to back to shit on Cyberpunk one more time real quick. In Hitman one, <laughs> two, and three, man, when I'm walking through a bathroom, I can see myself in the fucking reflection when I'm walking through. I shouldn't have to walk over to a mirror and then have it activated. I should be able to see that reflection, and that pisses me off that yeah, you can't do that, that in Cyberpunk. That was kind of a that was kind of a bootsy. We just didn't want to animate this, right? And that pissed that pissed me off so much because I, I that bothered me to no extent because it, to me it took me out. Of the game so much it took me out of being like oh i'm this character to nope here i am look at my weird person (laughs) and dude if i have one thing i need to complain about in terms of cyberpunk it's sure they need to fix all the bugs they need to give me the next gen upgrade and everything but if there's one huge complaint i have to make about it is you have to let me transmogrify my gear i cannot walk around in a pink tube top and short shorts just because it's a higher armor rating level (laughs) i just can't i mean i can because it's funny for about five minutes but then it just gets annoying. But at some point, you gotta let me switch over. You gotta let me transmogrify my gear to look like something I want. I, I, I want it to look like because part of the cyberpunk mystique is the fashion. Yes, dude, uh, you're right. And I hate the fact that like you make a character at the beginning and then you can't really do much of anything with it. And I'm like, yeah, eh, come on. I'm walking around now. My character right now is wearing. A pair of flip flops or something that have, for if some inexplicable reason, have a super high armor rating. So I have to wear those flip flops. Uh-huh. I'm wearing these gangbanger shorts, a pink tube top, and like a halo helmet. And that's what my character looks like. And I have to use those items because they have the har- highest armor rating. What the fuck? Dude, my guy has on basketball shorts, a pair of shoes, a. Uh a tank top and a and a shoulder gun vest and a hat because that's that's all I can get for the most protection. <laughs> and I'm like, my dude looks like an idiot. I told you about that glitch I had right where. Um, <laughs> so, kind of spoilers, not really spoiler. So if you do the storyline with Pan Am at the at, in the very last mission, at, at the very last mission, you and Pan Am have sex inside this tank. And as soon as you're done, these enemies attack, and you have to like drive the tank around and jump out of the tank and you know kill them. So I had this glitch, and it was the funniest fucking glitch ever. I finished having sex with Pan Am. The attack starts. I jump out of the tank. But the clothes never come back on. So I'm walking around with my freaking mantis blades, <laughs> slicing down bad guys with my dick flopping around. That makes and everyone's so acting like it's normal. Oh, that makes me so happy. And I'm like, this is this is because, you know, in the game, if you take all your clothes off, then you look down. You still see like underwear on. Yeah. But not for this glitch. 
That makes me so happy that you got that. See, I don't get cool glitches like that. The only glitch I've ever gotten, you reminded me, man. I didn't get a dick out, but I got to be Spider Brick in Miles Morales, <laughs> and that shit was fun as fuck. For, yep. for a whole, I, I just kept playing. Like I could, I got to fight people and everything as Spider Brick, dude. It was so that is fun. Fan. Fucking dude, it test. was. I remember, I sent you a video. I'm like, uh, I'm a spider. Oh yes, dick. dude, it was so fucking funny. But you get to fight with your dick. See? If if in Into the Spider Verse two, they don't have a cameo from Spider Brick, I'm gonna riot. I'm gonna be exactly man, Spider Brick or riot. That's it. Yep, Spider Brick <laughs> or Spider Bathtub. I think a bathtub was the other one that a lot of people were getting. <laughs> or Spider Light Pole. Oh, it just doesn't make any sense. <sighs> I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. So the final piece of news we have, and I don't know how big of a fan you are of this franchise, but did you play the old Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic RPGs? Yeah, on the Xbox? Yeah. Yeah. Such good games, such good stories, such good world building. They made me wait like four hours to build my first lightsaber, and it was worth every minute. <laughs> um, new ones coming, developed by BioWare and EA. I mean, good, because BioWare developed the first one. Obsidian did the second one, so I guess BioWare's doing this third one. Um, what we don't know if is is if it's a remake, if it's a continuation, like a part three or whatever. But you know, Bioware kind of needs to kind of needs to get back into the good graces of the fans after Anthem and uh, EA's EA. You know, people are always shitting on them for whatever reason. Yeah. So, well, so, uh, so I mean, but, EA did but, good. And but go ahead. But EA and Bioware are not doing this. Are not doing what? They're not. Hodor? They're not doing the Knights of the Republic game. Am I not reading? The, oh, not develop. Ah, you're right. I even wrote it down. Oh, I'm an idiot. You're right. They are not doing. It's yeah. New Knights of the Old Republic, not developed by EA and Bioware. Reading is hard. It is, man. It is. Yep. Let's let's see who is doing this. I'm looking at the article right now. This article is from IGN, so credit where credit is due. Um, it doesn't say. I don't think. Uh, let's see. It doesn't say. Um, nope, it doesn't say. But, it looks like there's, you know, going to be a Battlefront 3. So hopefully they learn from their, um, their microtransactions debacle. I'm okay with, I'm okay with an outside studio doing this because an outside studio coming in and doing something okay like too. this, like you, you take away any pressure that EA or Bioware is going to have to have from any kind of, uh, studio, uh, not yeah. studios from investors, from any kind of storylines, you know, gives them a chance to do their own thing. And a lot of those standalone yeah. things have turned out to be phenomenal. Maybe it's going to be Obsidian and they just haven't announced it yet because Obsidian's so good with, you know, yeah. Codor 2 with uh, Fallout New Vegas with uh, what is it Outer Worlds they were, I mean they know their RPGs well so. and see this this is again this is where I have like my problem with Star Wars but I don't have a problem with Star Wars like, I got burnt out with Star Wars because episode 7 and episode 9 were basically just a retelling of what we've already seen and everything became yeah. so saturated within these 9 these nine movies with these eight characters that it just got boring which is why Rogue One was a breath of fresh air you know which is why um, which is why Solo I liked Solo if it just didn't have the Solo name on it it would have been a great space heist movie but you yeah it would have been a great movie set in the universe right and you're right it should have just been about smugglers not absolutely and then at the end of the movie you'd be like oh what's your name kid are you some shit you know just whatever the fuck you do but you take the the solo name off of it you got a great space heist movie and with with star wars 
I was hesitant to watch The Mandalorian because I'm like, dude, I'm burnt out on Star Wars. But I binged the entire first season when I was uh, sick with a stomach stomach bug a couple days, uh, like last week. And it was fantastic yeah. because it's in Star Wars. So good. But it's not in Star Wars and it's done so well. So I was in. It's like if Sergio Leone did Star Wars. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. And I think, and I think what it is. Is, is is it's again these small self-contained stories with different directors with a different view, and I am excited for this because the original Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic was an original story that these people pulled out and they did and they made this amazing game for it. So let yeah. somebody else try to do it, and I have hope that a new studio can come in and do something like this because you have to give a fresh take on something, which is why you can't have George Lucas who did episode 4 not episode 5 and 6, even though he wrote the overarching story, he only directed episode 4 come back and do episodes 1, 2 and 3 by himself with his own input because that's how you get that stale cardboard robotic dialogue and everything over CGI you have to take a step back and finally take a different change and I think that with Knights of the Old Republic with such a huge history and story and and such love for it, you could turn this into something that could be a massive, massive game that could be much more along the lines of what Avengers wanted to be and should have been yeah. with a Star Wars game, which is what people want. Star Wars Squadron. So here's is the great. thing. So, so the plot of all the characters that became super famous and quote unquote got brought into canon, such as Darth Malak and Darth Revan from the first two games are clearly not part of the canon now because ever since Disney took over the Star Wars franchise they kind of killed the you know mm-hmm. all the extended canon and it's a very very tight official canon that they're allowing now so if the new Kotor game is going to be a remake do you think this is a way to bring in fan favorite characters like Darth Revan and Darth Malak in, or Darth Bane even into the official Star Wars canon? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it has to be part of the canon now if they're making a new game. Yes. But <coughs> what they shouldn't do, which is what we haven't seen yet, is is make it an absolute necessity to do these games or to read this or to play that to be a part of these stories. So, <coughs> so that's a good idea and I think they should definitely do that and bring in these characters and then see how they play out but don't try to make it and cram characters that are fan favorites that already have these stories and put their stories into these games just to put them in there so oh my god well you don't know who this person is well how come you haven't watched this like like with the Mandalorian like yeah I love yeah. the Mandalorian but I shouldn't have to go back and watch the Clone Wars to get super excited about what's happening I should just be able to jump yeah. into Mandalorian and go so I'm hoping that they don't matrix this shit where it's like oh well if you watch the Animatrix and you play the Matrix video game and then and then you read this book it's like nah man just give me a yeah. fucking story so yes I think they should and give them their own stories because these characters got a name tell a good story with it Let, let's see where it goes but don't... they're bringing back characters like like grand admiral thrawn mm-hmm. they, they're already bringing him back into the canon but you're not going to know who he is unless you've read the book absolutely so then so then bring them so, in and introduce it to a new introduce it to a new audience but keep it along the same keep it along keep it true enough to its base but introduce it to a new family uh back to circle around like we're going to see with suicide squad and fucking polka dot man and all these yeah. people keep it true to your <laughs> base but bring it around where you can introduce it to new people and make everybody happy and absolutely man yep. so bring them in and do it yep. i want i want to hear it and see it but again it's way easier to sit here and talk about this shit on a podcast than it is to write it and do it. So man, it really is. Whatever and we we do we do recognize that. <laughs> Absolutely, so. man. I, just keep in mind this is just us 
pulling shit out of our ass. We sit here like half awake in the morning on coffee or half buzzed or whatever time of the day it is and just try to spit out ideas, man. So take what we say with a grain of salt. (laughs) So uh, I do want to apologize in advance if I cannot edit this correctly. It's going to sound weird because I can promise you I am not going to want to re-record this. No, not at all. (laughs) This, this, this is so I will try my best to edit this into a listenable format. If it ends up being all fucked up, I'm sorry. And what you and on that note, go ahead. Say, what you guys need to do too, if it doesn't make any sense, sit back, take your favorite drink, and then start Dark Side of the Moon. And when it hits seven seconds, hit play on our podcast, everything will link up. Correct. And you know what? It, it, just to give yourself a true mind fuck, why don't you toss on Wizard of Oz as well? There it is. Just have all three <laughs> have all three forms of media on. <laughs> and, just, and just enjoy the ride, guys. And when and when Dark Side is done, throw animals on it. <laughs> exactly. And enjoy. Enjoy. Yep. Enjoy. So uh, on that note, my name is Tony. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at ToneZone81. Yo, y'all already know. My name is Josh. You guys can follow me on Twitter at BruceBane66. And thank you all for listening. We will be back. Later, Gators. Gators.